Well, Merry Christmas, everyone. This is Vincent Aiello from the Fighter Pilot Podcast, and last year at this time, we released a bonus episode on the NORAD Santa Tracker. Since that show was such a hit, and it tis the season again after all, we figured we'd dust it off and re-release it for your holiday enjoyment as we wait for the big man in the red suit. Now, Boat will be along shortly for our third and final Bomber Month episode for this year, and it's on the B-24 Liberator. But in the meantime, please enjoy this replay of the 2020 NORAD Santa Tracker episode. Here we go. Well, firefighters, police officers, hospitals, these are just a few of the public safety services you're already aware of that are available 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year, or 366 on leap years. Well, of course, the military fits on that list too, specifically the folks at NORAD, or the North American Aerospace Defense Command, who ensure nothing untoward enters our airspace any time of year. But on December 24th, they take on a new mission to ensure the safe passage of a particular visitor. And here to help us understand that is Major Cameron Hillier of the Royal Canadian Air Force. How's it going, Cameron? Uh, Not too bad. Yourself? Oh, I'm doing great. Thanks. Happy holidays to you. (laughs) Thank you. And to you, too. Excellent. All right. So you're in the Royal Canadian Air Force, but you are in what? Colorado Springs. That is correct. I'm currently on assignment down here in beautiful Colorado Springs, Colorado. This will be my third year now doing NORAD Track Santa. It's been a great pleasure now for the last uh, basically three years doing this, and more than happy to continue to do it and uh, move forward. I'm happy to be here to do this. All right. Awesome. Well, before we talk about our distinguished visitor we need to make sure has safe passage, let's talk about NORAD very briefly in general. What is NORAD? NORAD, or North American Aerospace Defense Command, is a binational command between Canada and the U.S. It was formed in 1958. Now, if you just think back for a second, what's the importance of 1958? Well, it's following the Second World War and basically getting into the heights of the Cold War. Mm -hmm. At that time, both countries were basically evaluating the Soviet threat, considering how the likely approach was going to be from the north, Canada and the U.S. essentially entered into an agreement, which we now refer to as a NORAD agreement, to essentially address those threats. At that time, back in 1958, geography was a huge component of what uh, the military would use to assess potential avenues and threats certainly continues to this day. However, the evolution of military threats has changed, and we can get to that later if you want. But the long and short of it is... Mm -hmm. Canada and the U.S. decided to uh, leverage each other's uh, positions within North America and the Arctic specifically and to formulate a defense alliance to guard against, at that time, the Soviet threat. So mostly I hear the word threat and thinking about the Cold War and all these possibly violent type of activities. But wasn't it also in the mid-50s that something a little different came about that affected NORAD? (laughs) <laughs> well, actually, yeah, it was a, a little, yeah, to take us back to a little bit more of a lighthearted conversation, mm-hmm. it was actually something a little bit that NORAD had inherited, actually, from Continental Air Defense Command, ah. which was the predecessor to NORAD. Basically, in 1955, there was a misprint in a Sears ad that the children, they could uh, call into Santa and discuss their wish list, of course. Sears uh, having a Christmas catalog at the time was very beneficial for them. Of course. The only thing they missed out, of course, is the fact that they didn't put on their phone number. They put on the phone number for the Continental Air Defense Command's operations center. (laughs) So Colonel Schaup, who was on duty that night, 
who is, of course, watching out for this Soviet threat, gets inundated with phone calls of children looking to talk to Santa. (laughs) Okay. So being uh, enveloped in the Christmas spirit, I guess you could say, he uh, took the call and assured the child that Conad at that time would track Santa and then instructed the rest of the crew to answer the phone calls for the rest of the night. That was something that continued after that year, and then was something that Norad had inherited, and now has become a 65-year tradition for us. Okay, so whereas the rest of the year we're thinking about threats, on December 24th, we're tracking good old St. Nick as he's making his rounds. <laughs> yeah, and essentially we do with the same assets that we use for the same missions, uh, 365 days out of the year, 366, as you mentioned earlier, on leap years. That's right. But using the same assets to detect and monitor threats and make the assessments, but also those same assets are used to track sand on December 24th. Okay. So if, let's say, a Russian bomber these days, Soviet bomber back in the day, were to come probe around in our airspace, and of course we have different ways of detecting, but that's not the question, what might we do? Might we send up an aircraft or two to check it out? Well, it all comes down to essentially one of the core components for NOAA's our aerospace warning mission. And essentially, that is just detecting things that are approaching sovereign airspace. So whether that's radar, satellites, or other means, it's essentially just kind of feelers out, just see what's coming. Once uh, we have a track of interest that is unknown origin, then essentially goes into a command and control structure between NORAD headquarters here in Colorado Springs or the respective region where the track of interest is uh, entering its area of responsibility. Typical would be for uh, Alaskan NORAD region, for Alaska, of course, or Canadian NORAD region, which is, of course, in Canada. Once a track of interest goes over what we call an air defense identification zone, which essentially is just a zone for us to kind of trigger those command and control activities. From there, an assessment is made on how to deal with that appropriately. And getting more into uh, Jean-Sebastien's area here, we could task fighter jets to go up and investigate, get a visual identification of what the track of interest is. And that's right. We also have Jean-Sebastien Otis online. He is a Royal Canadian Air Force captain. He goes by the name Cleanus. How are you doing, Cleanus? Pretty well, thanks. Thanks for having me. Oh, you're welcome, and thanks for joining us. Okay, so do you stand an alert somewhere, and what aircraft do you fly? Exactly. So uh, for uh, Canada, we do stand alert. Uh, we fly a CF-18, which is our version of the mighty F-18. Still a good old reliable bird. Oh, yeah. And we do main alert. 365 days a year, like Cameron was explaining. Uh, we do men a post, and for any threat or any uh, activities that should need us to intervene, we are there all the time. And one of those activities, obviously, is uh, St. Nick. So he's entering our space. we got to do our duty. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's the whole point of NORAD is to know who's coming, friend or foe. And so let's see, is St. Nick kind enough to provide the schedule and, and that you can just arrange for a rendezvous or does it just happen that we detect him and then we, how do we even detect him in the first place? Maybe this is back to you, Cameron. Cameron could explain the structure of NORAD pre-wall. We have a lot of systems that he talked about, like mm-hmm. satellites, ground radars, and all work in a very complex structure to give us a situational awareness of what's happening in our airspace. And he did mention uh, for us, Canada here is the CADAs, so the Canadian identification zones. And that's where we uh, 
get everything triggered. But uh, going back to your question there, St. Nick, uh, obviously his uh, schedule is always the uh, same every year. <laughs> it's kind of a game we play with each other, right? Like he comes in uh, roughly around Newfoundland area. He comes in uh, with the rotation of the earth, right? And that's where we usually uh, pick him up. It's a good task for us to pick him up because uh, it's a different uh, type of uh, mission that we have to go when we have to intercept Santa compared to other threats, right? Right. Well, it's an intercept and escort, I would assume. I guess what I wonder is, how do you rendezvous on a sleigh being pulled by reindeer? Is it like a standard stern conversion? Well, basically, yeah, we use the same old methods. It's a good technique. Uh, he flies, obviously, he, uh, he's nice. He slows down for us, and we have to fly fast because uh, he's obviously uh, sent as a uses a sled that is very, very fast, obviously. So it's hard for us to do our, our intercepts uh, if he doesn't slow down for us, right? Because he's got to deliver all, right. all the presents. But yeah, so we do our standard thing. We go intercept him. We say hi. There's a mutual respect. And uh, he understands our mission, our duty, and that uh, there's no hard feelings. And we just wave goodbye. And then uh, we escort him around. And then uh, once he's good to go, we uh, do the handoff. And uh, he uh, continues his, his rounds. Yeah, I did want to ask you that because as many homes as there are in Canada and North America, the United States specifically, I didn't know if maybe he travels at near light speed or if maybe once you rendezvous on him, there's some sort of time flux warp where, you know, maybe you guys can still fly in formation and maybe just time ticks a little more slowly. I, I wasn't sure. So what you're saying, he, he goes pretty fast, I guess, huh? Yeah, so there's, uh, like I said, St. Nick's pretty nice. He understands and he slows down for us. And there's this weird thing. We feel like when we fly with him that we fly for like five, six hours. But when we land, it's it's like we only flew like half an hour. It's like he, uh, huh. it feels like he stops time. He slows down time to do all his uh, his work. And uh, it's transparent to us that we, we don't even know how it happens. But uh, mm-hmm. when we land, barely no time has passed. So it's uh, as if it's in a fence time. That's crazy. So when you're flying on his, uh, I would say his wing, but I guess I'll say on his hoof, <laughs> like when he goes down to land on a home, do you do like a overhead orbit to protect, uh, like you might uh, convoy of friendlies on the ground or does he go down and come back so quickly? You just kind of keep going. For Santa, like I said, he goes so fast that uh, for us, mm-hmm. so we do orbit around with him, but uh, it's transparent. Like at the speed he's going, it's like a going in a, I got you. He follow his, uh, his track. Okay. And so Cameron, I'd like to get back to you if we could. So NORAD is in charge of keeping track of this and we've got Cleanus and his friends who are going to escort Santa, but are you keeping track of Santa's progress all through North America? And I assume it starts, what, in the Northeast corner and progresses down and to the West based on sunset and everything else. I mean, he's got a lot of houses to get to in one night. Yeah, essentially, I guess I'll start from the beginning there. Essentially, our first detections of Santa's movements starts with the North Warning System, which is a, a string of radars which go along the, the top of Alaska and through uh, the north of uh, Canada. We pick up on radar, then once he exits our radar range, then we pick him up on our uh, infrared satellites, which because he detect heat signatures. And day-to-day, we use those satellites to monitor uh, blizzing missile activity and other rocket activity around the world to determine whether they are a potential threat to Canada or the U.S. However, these also double as uh, Rudolph tracking devices. The heat emanating from Rudolph's nose allows us to track his movements globally. Huh. More to your point, and basically and monitoring his activity outside of Canada and the U.S. is essentially just monitoring the infrared signature that Rudolph emits and, of course, 
Santa starts at the international dateline as far as his movement goes and chases twilight, as it were, moving Mm -hmm. from the Eastern Hemisphere and proceeding west into the Western Hemisphere. His schedule is fairly routine-ish. It does vary a little bit time to time, but only by a matter of uh, minutes as opposed to hours, because typically he shows up at any child's house at about midnight-ish. So mm. we always pass that along during our uh, North Track Santa activities to make sure the kids are in bed by midnight. Otherwise, he could pass by and have to swing by later. So you got to be asleep. Well, or just pass by completely. So that would be bad. But yeah, I, <laughs> wow, I'm surprised. Frankly, uh, not only are your IR detectors that good, but that Rudolph's nose puts out that much of a signature. But I guess it makes sense. I mean, with his nose so bright, I could see why Santa wants him to guide his sleigh tonight. All right. What happens when he starts to exit your airspace? Is there a warm handoff to another agency or do you just bid him adieu and and that's the end of it? Well, for our command control structure is essentially to to control things that come within our air defense identification zones or as Mm -hmm. Kat Motis mentioned, the Canadian air defense identification zone. And so we use fighter jets to enforce that. So we're mainly contained within domestic airspace. From there, with the CF-18s handoff to F-16s or F-15s in through U.S. airspace, and then finally back through F-22s in Alaskan airspace. Uh But... All that to say, of course, there's very much an international interest in Santa's movements, but also in NORAD's efforts to track Santa. So we have had had leveraged NASA or U.S. Central Command and other uh, assets to kind of give us basically a secondary read, if you will, to kind of reconfirm our other assets, such as the infrared satellites, to monitor and confirm Santa's progress as he moves through globally. Well, that makes sense. I mean, if he's uh, flying away like a thistle, you guys have to be able to deal with that. All right. That's very interesting. Well, gosh, I mean, so at least in this case, it's something we know about every year that we can expect, unlike the rest of NORAD's time, which is what, essentially waiting to make sure nobody's probing into our airspace. Yeah. Well, that is you know, essentially the mission day in, day out. We are essentially monitoring what is coming into our uh, maritime and airspace approaches and making assessments on whether they are potential threats to Canada or the United States. In the event we are uncertain, then we have a number of investigative methods to include, of course, uh, jet fighter intercept, which is perhaps uh, one of the more noteworthy activities, I guess we could say, that we conduct and which you may see in the news from time to time. And so for those who would like to keep track of Santa through the NORAD system, what are some different places they can go? I'm guessing there's a few online resources. Yes, we have our website, which is www.noradsanta.org. That is the primary means that you can just follow along with us and track Santa's progress. We'll have a good visual demonstration or illustration, I should say, of what that looks like as he transits the globe. Also on the website, we have uh, some videos and games that uh, folks can kind of dig into. We have an advent calendar game system. So basically one day right up until December 24th, we'll release one game that kids of all ages can join in. And speaking from personal experience, they're way more difficult than you think they would be. Also, we have uh, also on the December 24th, you can call in at one eight seven seven high norad I just want to manage expectations there. However, because of due to COVID concerns, we typically have about 1,500 volunteers to support that call center, which essentially 
you get to somebody on the other line and they're able to interact and give you a verbal update on where Santa is. Mm. But because of COVID, we've had to drastically reduce that number to maintain the health and safety of uh, our personnel as well as the public. In the event, if anyone calls that number, that's again, one eight seven seven high norad that if you call in and you don't get a live person, you'll get a verbal recording of where Santa is. Okay. You can keep trying again, but of course, you can always go back to the website. And of course, we have our Facebook and Twitter accounts at NORAD Santa, which will be also providing updates there as well. Outstanding. Well, on that note, for those who might be concerned, this being such a different kind of year, I did read on the internet the other day, so you know it's true, that Santa has been studied and it's been determined that he is completely impervious to COVID or even transmitting it from home to home. So for those who are concerned, no need to block off your chimneys. Make sure to hang your stockings with care because he will be coming through unabated by COVID, which has otherwise done so much damage to our country and our world this year. At any rate, that's a good thing that we can still count on good old St. Nick. So clean us real quick before we wrap up over to you. Christmas Eve, are are you going to be on flight duty? Can we expect you to be escorting Santa? You know what? I'll be on doing my duty and uh, I'll be going up and I'll be uh, sure to pick up Santa. I'll get launched and we'll go to our intercept, escort him around, make sure he's safe doing his job. And then uh, like uh, Cameron was saying there, we'll go uh, hand off the task to uh, another uh, colleague of mine to make sure he... uh, goes over the whole country and the whole, uh, uh, both countries actually, the States and Canada. Mm. So I'll be up there doing my job. So no Christmas at home for me, but it's for the safety of our nations. That's right. You can celebrate afterwards. And, you know, for the rest of us to be able to have a peaceful Christmas with men and women like you up there protecting our skies, doing your duty on behalf of the listener and concerned citizens everywhere, I want to say thank you. And also thank you for your time today, helping us understand the operational side of the Santa Tracker and the NORAD aircraft that responds. So really appreciate that, Cleanus. Yeah, thank you. It's my pleasure. And uh, thanks for having me again here in Cameron. Okay, you're welcome. And uh, Cameron, thanks very much for explaining not only NORAD, and again, we hope to maybe circle back to a deeper discussion on that mission in 2021, but it really helps us to understand not only NORAD's mission, but this one time a year where we can count on you to track not only the potential hostiles, but the friendlies as well. And uh, if you would, give us once more the website where we can watch Santa Tracker. I know you also have a Facebook page and a Twitter account, but what's the best place to go one more time? Sure. Lots of different ways to get there. So starting with the website, it's www.noradsanta.org. Facebook and Twitter at Norad Santa. Uh, for anyone who has a GM vehicle, you could even use the OnStar skill in order to, get, to find out where right. Santa is. And Amazon Alexa as well. You can say Alexa, where Santa? And Alexa even will tell you where Santa is. Fantastic. Well, this is the point of having a well-apportioned military is we have situational awareness at all times. And here we have gentlemen like you two who can help us not only with the military side of it, but some household and vehicle uh, updates as well. So you guys are fantastic. Thanks so very much. Have a Merry Christmas, both of you. And to all of our listeners, have a wonderful Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Thanks again. Ho, ho, ho. Merry-